Welcome to the Fat Monk Podcast. Tales of meeting an unorthodox Taoist and his friends amongst the mountains and waters of China. Written by Xiaoya Xingzhe and read by Nick Dent. Chapter 12 Silent Accord Zen Master Hornball on the Transmission of Mind says, Since the Tathagata entrusted the teaching to Kasyapa until now, mind is impressed upon mind such that these minds do not differ. If the impression is made in emptiness, it will leave no trace. If the impression leaves a trace, that impression will not fulfill the Dharma. Thus, mind impresses mind, and those minds are the same. But the ability to make the impression and the ability to receive the impression are both difficult to realize, and thus those who get it are few. In any case, this mind is no mind, and this getting is no getting. It was the hesitation that almost got me killed. Instead of stepping off resolutely and proceeding without physical doubt toward the other curb, I turned to look at the onrush of coursing metal charging toward me in the street and tried to second-guess a safe path. The result was chaos, curses, high-pitched honky of tinny horns, and a bruised shin. Limping, I turned into a quiet street lined with plane trees. This was the street that housed Sergei's restaurant. On this side of the street, however, whitewashed walls towered over the narrow sidewalk. Two huge wooden doors marked the entrance to the old herbal pharmacy directly across from the restaurant. Inside the entrance, it was charming. A pathway of white pebbles wound through a moon gate to an arched bridge over a rippling brook, the banks planted with moss and green bamboo. Only after crossing the bridge did the path lead through couplet-framed doors into a large open space of the dispensary proper. Wide counters made of aged wood flanked two sides. Behind them bustled Zhong Yaoshi in their white coats and caps, balancing scales filled with herbs. I checked the note I'd been given and looked up. Four stories above me was the ceiling, and three levels of balcony ringed the central open area. The room I wanted was on the third level. The wooden stairs were wide and worn, not surprising for such an old building. This pharmacy had survived for almost 200 years by careful attention to reputation and politics. The stairs had survived as well, but not without complaint. I mounted them with trepidation up to the third level, then counted the rooms in the dark hallway till I came to the third on the right. I stepped back to allow a couple of patients to depart, prescription in hand, and then found him sitting alone at a plain wooden table next to a window that looked out over the black-tiled roof to a garden at the rear of the compound. The man was Shijie's husband, Dr. Jiang, the Chinese doctor whose political activism had almost ended in disaster the year before. He looked up when I came in and smiled. I thought it might be you, he said. A bit late in the day for more patience. We'd arranged that I would stop in before we went together to Shijie's weekly meeting, held across the street at her Yaoshan restaurant. I had come early because I had a specific question for him. He offered a cup of tea and, when I nodded, set a jam jar in front of me. 
green sword-shaped leaves floated on top of the steaming water. He sat down again and there was silence. The green leaves very slowly expanded, tipped, and sunk to the bottom of the glass. We both watched them. I did not want to just blurt out my question, so we discussed the pharmacy instead. Yes, it's amazing to think of this old building here for so many years. A shell in which people work all their lives, then pass on to be replaced by others, like bees in a hive. You could say that this building is the structure, the T, and all of us are the function, the Yong. He gave a shy smile. Jingxin, I think you call her Shijie, like Fatty does, suggested I examine the Taoist concepts pervading Chinese medicine, and this concept of Qi and Yong is very common. I frowned. Such as? Such as, the liver is yin in structure, ti, but yang in use, yong. Structure is not always concrete, though. Zhang Jingyue, for example, says, the primal heaven is the form, ti, and post-heaven is the use, yong. But there he's talking about the use of the yi jing in medicine. Shujie's husband appeared prepared to continue on this topic for a lengthy stretch, but it was already getting too far away from the question I wanted to ask. I tried to think of a way to bring the topic back around. Finally, I said, So Shujie suggested you examine Taoism in Chinese medicine? Yes. What is it like to be married to a Taoist teacher? I winced at the awkward segue, but that was the question I'd been waiting to ask. He drew his head back and gave me a puzzled look. Fine, he said. What is it like being married to someone more spiritually advanced than yourself? I sucked in breath. This was really going all wrong. But Dr. Jiang just laughed. Well, I've been told one needs to be very careful about making these sorts of judgments unless you are considerably advanced yourself. I grimaced, which of course we all think we are. He nodded and leaned forward. That is the fact. So we should all be very careful all the time when making an assessment about someone else's standing with the infinite. It may be exactly the person that you think is hopelessly lost who may in fact be truly the opposite. His eyes shifted upwards and to the right and back at me as he said, In fact, I remember a story the boatman told about just that. I lifted my eyebrows as I took a sip of tea and waited for the story. He said, A Taoist teacher was reputed to also be a powerful magician and was approached by a student who wished to learn this magic. Why do you wish to learn it? the teacher asked. So that I can help mankind, the student replied. This magic, I know, is powerful, able to change the course of history, and indeed is used only in the service of mankind. None but those who are worthy may learn it. I must test you. The student was told to wait for one whole day at the bridge over which all travelers into the city must pass and to report back to the teacher on any incident which caught his eye. In the evening he returned and the teacher asked him what he had seen. I saw many things, but the incident which impressed me the most was when I saw the guard at the bridge bullying a poor old barrow driver who had a heavy load of cotton which he hoped to sell in the city. The guard would not let him in until he paid a large bribe. The barrow driver could not and was driven away with blows. And how did you feel when you saw that happen? 
I felt very sorry for him and thought that only if I knew your magic, I could have made things very different for that poor old man. The Taoist teacher nodded his head and looked sad. And that, in fact, is exactly why you have been tested, like I was many years ago, when my teacher wished to see if I was capable of using this magic wisely, or was ruled by such shallow emotionality that I would jump to conclusions and use it frivolously. My teacher, whose ability to use this magic is far greater than mine, you should know, is none other than that poor old barrel man you saw today at the bridge. I thought for a moment as I blew on my teeth and shook my head. That story is about a lot more than just mistaking someone's spiritual standing. That is a fact. He took a sip of his own tea and was silent for a moment, then said, But you wanted to know what it is like being married to Jingxin Shijie. Uh, yes. When did you meet her? We met when we were both young, and we had the usual wedding ceremony of those days. We just went around to our friends and family together, handed out candy, and bang, that was it. We were married. But soon after, she was sent away by the party to the northwest to work around Linxia. That was where she met Fatty and their teacher. Was she different when she came back? He thought for a moment. Different? Yes, you could say that. She had always been serious and clever, but now she was, what's the word, perceptive. She could anticipate what I was going to say most times, and often when something occurred in the neighborhood or the country that surprised me, I would find that she had anticipated it and made preparations. Did this bother you? He reddened slightly and bit his lip, then sighed. This is not very flattering, but it was hard on the ego at first. She would say something, and I would take it as an attack. I'd respond defensively and attack back. She would look surprised, and I realized she had only been making a descriptive observation. She had not been judging me. He looked down and shook his head. It took a few years to settle down and be able to take a cold, hard look at myself. Then he looked up. But it has been worth it. In what way? In many ways. But to give you a concrete example... I found that the more in harmony we were, the better my professional life progressed. Everything just seemed to fall into place for me. How does that work? I have no idea, he said. He shook his head. But I don't think one is meant to become too interested or excited by these things. Side effects, Jingxin called them. I was quiet for a moment, then asked, How do you get by living in the same house with your teacher? My teacher? He laughed. No, Jingxin... Shuji is not my teacher. That would be too complicated. She might describe herself as a fellow wayfarer. Meanwhile, I... He paused and indicated me with a lift of his chin. Like you, Xiaoyao, are counted as an auditor in her circle. Always welcome, but the program is not designed with our special characteristics in mind. In the classes, I'm given the chance to notice any stirrings of chagrin at being on the level of a student and encouraged to use them to reduce my illusory self. But it was another word that caught my attention. Designed? He looked at me with surprise. Of course. Each formal group is comprised of a certain selection of individuals who form a certain balance and need a certain program. It's always different for different groups, because the component parts are different. You can cook, can't you? I was silenced by the tangent. Uh, yes, but... 
If you tried the same recipe with different components, how do you think it would go? It might work. Remind me not to eat at your place. He laughed, softening the criticism. But a good teacher is like a good chef. Many recipes to fit the different ingredients. I sipped my tea and thought about the many so-called spiritual teachers in the West. In most, everybody got the same program, no matter what. There was silence for a moment, and then he shrugged. But look, it's not all otherworldly and esoteric, you know. Jingxin and I are just two human beings in a household. It's not something weird. This path, whether you call it Taoism or whatever, is actually part of the human heritage, a heritage that one engages in order to be all that a human can be. Not so that you can act like some sort of ethereal presence wafting about in a bit of incense smoke. Just two normal people. That's a fact. He checked his watch. We are late. As we crossed the street, I reflected on his part of the human heritage statement. It gelled well with something the abbot had said. People think that enlightenment is difficult because so few reach the goal. But this is only because we aim our lives in the wrong direction, away from the source that supports its natural unfoldment. When we turn the light around and give that source its due attention, illumination is the natural development of a properly lived life. We would expect it as something normal. The three aspirants knelt in the middle of the floor on a rug designed with octagon patterns, arranged on chairs behind them in a half-circle with the rest of the people attending the meeting. Entering the room quietly, Dr. Jiang and I took up positions behind those seated. Shi Jie stood before the three applicants, preparing to deliver the instructions that would allow these three to become members of her circle. She lit five sticks of incense, and the rich fragrance spread throughout the room. We are met to recognize three applicants who have completed their audition period and have been accepted for formal membership. Tonight, they will be given guidelines, which will form a framework for their learning in the formless realm. Shurja had been looking at the applicants, but now raised her head and spoke to everyone. These guidelines as a whole are specifically for the three applicants and should not be blindly copied out of greed in an attempt to steal spiritual advancement. However, each one of them has some value in and of itself, and everyone here is invited to consider and assess their applicability to themselves. Here she paused and looked around the circle of seated people and continued, paying particular attention to those guidelines which they find least attractive. She was silent for a moment as she turned toward the kneeling figures, then began to speak. I had been expecting words of mysterious import and arcane secrets, so what Shurja actually said surprised me. You have completed your audition with the understanding that the path has many pitfalls, and that a guide is needed to lead you safely through these pitfalls, until you are competent to travel on your own. The three aspirants bowed their head in unison. Shuja continued, The guide is like the captain of a ship or the leader of a caravan. To reach the goal, everyone must cooperate, and you are certainly encouraged to assess and verify the directions of the guide according to common sense and your humanity. But arguing with every instruction that you do not like will hamper the arrival of all. Similarly, to ignore these instructions is to cast yourself into the sea or wander away from the caravan into the trackless desert. You are perfectly welcome to do so, but the chances of safe arrival are considerably diminished. 
Again, the bowing of heads, acknowledging understanding. Now, some specifics. You will observe your own patterns of attention. What attracts it? What captures it? How long it can be sustained? You will turn that attention around to look and listen within for a short period each day. Eventually, this will allow you to make more sustained contact with the original source of the Taoist tradition. Once more, the bowing of heads. I glanced at Dr. Jiang. He stood with his full attention on his wife, listening intently. You will strive to ask effective questions, knowing that active thinking and questioning is essential to verifiable experience and an efficient counter to mindless acceptance. You will strive to avoid reflexive or mechanical questions or questions that serve simply to attract attention to yourself. Similarly, you will refrain from questioning or commenting on the progress of your fellow students. Acknowledged. You will undertake a physical training program in a physical discipline that is unfamiliar. It could be dance, martial arts, theater, yoga. The crucial thing is that the program forces you to become aware of your body in an unaccustomed way. You will reduce time-wasting distractions, lessening and eventually ceasing your involvement in activities that are inconsistent with the goals of the path. In all other activities, you will strive to be as efficient as possible, gathering the energy conserved that it may be used for your progress and that of the group. You will familiarize yourself with modern research on group dynamics and psychology and the research on brainwashing and cult formation. You will remember that any group, even one that begins with the highest aims, can devolve into a cult, and you will be on the lookout for the telltale signs, especially amongst the senior students and the teacher. The three students hesitated and looked at each other. This was obviously unexpected. Following this brief moment, they again bowed their heads. Remember that this is a circle which aims at fostering your autonomy. It is not a group to join with the aim of feeling protected, praised, cared for, and guided by a substitute parent figure. This is not your new family. You must maintain your normal family and social ties. You will direct some of your resources, whether these be time, money, skills, or whatever, toward the enrichment of your local community. These may include, but must not be limited to, the present circle of seekers. There followed a short series of instructions which Sergei said were strictly for these three applicants who were not to be followed by anyone else present. As my brain was already overwhelmed by the previous list, I could only remember one. You will strive to take 50 completely aware breaths during the course of a single day. A breath in which you are completely present and not distracted by wandering thoughts. These breaths need not be consecutive, she added. I probably remembered this one because of my reaction. Fifty breaths did not sound like much, I thought. That one, at least, would be dead easy. After the crowd had dispersed, Dr. Jiang and I were sitting with the fat monk in a different room, very cozy with scrolls and bonsai and wooden engravings. I'm surprised, I said, that there's so little mention of all those things we usually consider part of spiritual advancement. You know, that the applicants will not lie, cheat, murder, and so on. The fat monk frowned, shook his head as if to clear it, then focused on me with an incredulous expression. Finally, he said, Okay, look, people who need to be told those things are not even on our radar. 
This is not kindergarten. We assess people from the first contact on through auditorship, and if they are not suitable, we have to deflect them. He looked me up and down and added, although there are special cases for special situations. What do you mean? He shrugged. You might ask Sergio one day. I frowned. He was in this mood. It was impossible to get more out of him. I went back to the question of designing a group and found him more forthcoming on that topic. He said, groups, that is formal teaching groups, not just casual discussion groups, can be divided into three types, true, imitation, and relic. True groups are always organic, designed for the individuals involved, and definitely not set up with a fixed program that operates by rote. A fixed program is a sure sign of either an imitation or a relic. But what does the design accomplish, I asked. He paused before answering. The most crucial function is to allow a subtle communication and enhancement of energy, both within the group and between the group, the cosmos, and the greater community. To do this, you may need all different types, even perhaps including some elements that are deliberately inharmonious. It's the relationship between T, the body, and Jung, the function. How the body is designed affects the function. Only the teacher knows exactly how a given group should be composed. In a sense, it's a matter of feeling, I think, he said. My heart had given a jump. T and Jung. These were exactly what Dr. Jiang and I had been discussing at his pharmacy earlier. Could the Taoists read minds? I glanced at the doctor, but he did not seem excited by the coincidence. In fact, he was taking up where the fat monk had left off. Jingxing told me that sometimes the design will be such as to correct aberrations which were created by the relics or imitations of previous programs, he said. The Taoist nodded, seeming to go within himself. He did not say anything. Aberrations such as what? I asked after a moment. The fat monk looked up and became animated again. Well, say a teacher finds herself amongst a population who is very lazy. She may, just to restore necessary balance, emphasize physical activity. After she passes on, and I have to emphasize that no school or circle or group is meant to last forever, Inevitably, imitators will set up schools claiming that physical activity is the end-all and be-all of the path. The next real teacher that comes along will again have to redress the balance, perhaps by emphasizing quiet sitting, after which the followers of those students will claim that quiet sitting is the only thing necessary. Meanwhile, the followers of the imitation physical activity school will fight with the followers of the students of the quiet sitting school. Then, around the fringes, will pop up scholars who do not have the faintest clue about this principle requiring a redressing of the balance and the necessity of a whole organic teaching, and they will theorize that the second teacher was deliberately trying to encroach on the territory of the first teacher. Dr. Jiang laughed and said, which is, of course, only projecting their own mindset and jealousies from academia into areas where this is absolutely irrelevant. Something popped into my mind about a paper I had read recently. In fact, I jotted down a quote from it. I searched my bag and pulled out my notebook, then, translating, read it to Dr. Jiang and the Taoist. 
The story told by the writings of the 14th century alchemist Chen Zhishu is, in the main, a story of social competition between rival intellectuals within a soteriological marketplace. Chen is competing against other purveyors of Daos, anonymous salesmen of salvific teachings. The fat monk sat up, rolled his eyes, and leaned forward on the table, buried his face in his hands, and shook his head, laughing. I glanced at the doctor, but he looked nonplussed. The fat monk composed himself and managed to ask, Is it just that one bit? Or is the whole paper like that? All 800 pages worth, I said. He shook his head. The problem is worse than I thought. But I hope it is clear to you two, at least, that a paper like this tells us much more about the academic who wrote it than it tells us about Chen Zhishu. A true teacher thinks only of the necessities of the situation, how to restore balance and foster progress, and not at all about selling or competition. In fact, these concepts are incompatible with functioning in the realm of the formless. That is a fact, said the doctor. But with all this going on, the disciples of relic or imitation schools fighting, academics theorizing, and confusing things even more, sounds like a total mess. The Taoist nodded. It is. But that is the situation we are working in all the time. This is the reason that sincerity on the student's part is so crucial. Truth attracts truth. If a student thinks that learning in this area will give him power or that he can adorn himself with it somehow, he'll find himself attracted to that sort of group and that sort of teacher. And so people really do find the teachers they deserve, I marveled. It now made sense. Shijie bustled into the room, followed by two waiters carrying steaming plates. They arranged them on the table before us, then went back for more. Shijie sat next to her husband, and nudging him, gave him a smile. Your favorite, she said, indicating the fish with dark brown sauce. Douban yu, not too spicy. He had just finished saying, You know I only like that with beer, when a waiter arrived with several bottles of Qingdao, and placed them amidst the growing number of dishes on the table. Dr. Jiang chuckled. Jingxin, you know me too well, he said. He gestured around at us. Come on, everyone, let's eat. We sat down, and there was a moment of Chinese etiquette in which we waited for Shijie to pick up her chopsticks. She hesitated slightly, waiting for her husband to go first. Then we all dug in. He lifted a glass of beer, and we responded. A toast to the harmony of hearts. And we all drank to that. Thank you for listening to the Fat Monk Podcast. Produced by Ben Thomas, with music by Flora Carbo. Please like and subscribe, and go to the show notes for links and further content. If you'd like to become a material supporter of the podcast, click on the coffee button at the bottom of the show notes. Mm-hmm.